Ecclesiastes chapter 1 this morning and uh, do all that we can to make it through the first 11 verses. Look forward to a wonderful baptism to follow. Thank you, Seth, for worshiping with us this morning on your 18th birthday rather than out doing what other 18-year-olds may be doing. I uh, know of other things 18-year-olds may be doing on Sundays normally, but you didn't sleep in, so we're glad you're here. All right. Ecclesiastes is wisdom literature that teaches us how to wisely process life so that we can live it joyfully. And we've been discussing in chapter 1 a number of different ways in which mere human wisdom, apart from the wisdom of God, can rob our joy. And so we want to continue to investigate what Solomon had experienced in his own life when he was walking away from God. Without God, left to your own thinking, life's not going to make much sense to you, and you won't find your way to joy. With God, as you fear him and keep his commandments, analyzing life appropriately according to God's word, you'll be able to live it with eternal purpose and joy. So this is not difficult to understand in its simplicity, but sometimes the complexity of Solomon's words can distract us. So we're going to get back to these four potential joy thieves, these four thought processes that, that, that rob us of our ability to live with spiritual gladness. Okay? We started last week analyzing verse 3. And we learned from verse 3 that we need to guard our hearts and our minds against the works not worth it or the zero profit view of life, if you will. Works not worth it or the zero profit view of life. And, and uh, sometimes there's those in the world by mere human wisdom uh, Say, what's the value? And I look at the balance sheet of my life, if you will. So what if it balances out? The debits and the credits. The pluses and the minuses. What am I in this for? And then there's others who would say, I'm, I'm living for the balance sheet, right? I'm living to get all that I can with the time that I have. Um, and Solomon says, no. We do go to work for a purpose, and we won't rehearse that. You can listen to that again uh, on your own time or listen for the first time on our website. Uh, but God designed even our vocations, even our daily work to be enjoyed, and it's only enjoyed when we pursue it with eternal purpose. Eternal purpose, okay? Number two, in verses four to seven, we need to be cautious to make sure that we don't view life just as senseless duplication. Senseless duplication. And then verse 8, we need to make sure that we're not giving the wrong value to life's experiences. The wrong value to life's experiences. And verses 9 through 11, uh, we need to guard ourselves against just looking at life uh, with mere human wisdom as a senseless remake 
or a mindless redo or rerun, right? All those thought processes left to mere human wisdom will rob us of our joy. And uh, we certainly don't want to live life without the joy of the Lord, correct? So let's continue on here, verses 4 to 7, and let's look at this view of life as senseless repetition. This is something that we don't want to do. He says in verse 4, a generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun sets, and hastening to its place, it rises there again, blowing towards the south, then turning to the north. The wind continues swirling along, and on its circular courses, the wind returns. All the rivers flow into the sea, yet the sea is not full. To the place where the rivers flow, there they flow again. All things are wearisome. Man is not able to tell it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. That which has been is that which will be, and that which has been done is that which will be done. So there is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which one might say, see this, it is new. Already it has existed for ages, which was before us. There is no remembrance of earlier things, and he goes on and gets even more descript, and also of the latter things which will occur, there will be for them no remembrance among those who will come later still. So not just things, but people are not remembered. So verses 4 to 7. Is life just merely senseless repetition? If you think of that with human wisdom, you're going to be a very discouraged and depressed individual. We noticed last week together that there's a multi-mention of creation in these, version, in these verses. The function of creation is unceasingly repetitious. To observe creation when you're not right with the Lord can really lead to emotional hardship. If you already have your joy robbed because you think life is monotonous, it never changes. Just looking at creation in a depressed state of mind uh, is going to worsen your mindset. The function of creation will only demonstrate to you more of the same meaningless routine. One author said, what's more vain than this vanity? That the earth, which was made for humans, stays, but humans themselves, the lords of the earth, suddenly dissolve into dust. This is absurd reality. Humanity dies and a new generation comes, he says, but the earth stays the same. Where's the logic in that? Solomon says here, the sun is like a runner. It runs its course. The wind gusts run their course in circles. The rivers flow to the same place. And the sea levels rarely change. And the rivers continue to flow to the same place. And basically what someone is thinking as they observe creation when they're not walking with the Lord is, where's the net gain in all this? Where's the net gain? One author said, there's no satisfaction under the sun. The universe is trapped in a meaningless cycle that never ultimately accomplishes anything. And human experience as a whole mirrors the same. Kind of happens for that 
for us every day, doesn't it? You go to bed, and there might be laundry that's unfolded on your floor. You're too tired to fold it. You get up in the morning, what's still there staring you in the face? More clean, unfolded laundry. You go down to your laundry room, and there's piles of unwashed clothes. You go to work, and you come home, and what's still on the laundry room floor, right? Piles of unwashed clothes. You get the dishes done, and it seems like in an hour, the sink's full again. You don't want to do the dishes again for a third time of the day. So you go to bed, and what's up in the morning? Still the pile of dishes in the sink. Every 5,000 miles you drive your car, you have to get what changed? Right? The next 5,000 miles, it's going to happen again. If you win a game, you celebrate. And the next day, you do what? You go back to practice. If you lose a game, what do you do? You go back to practice. If you work hard and get a raise, the next day, you do what? You go back to work. If you get a bad evaluation and missed a promotion that you wanted, what do you do? You still got to go to work. You pay the electric bill this month so that you can skip next month, right? <laughs> I get my haircut every six weeks so that I can do what? Do the same. I never did get a good grasp on the Floby for free haircuts. <laughs> Apparently, there's some in our church that do Floby well. Some of you say, what in the world's a Floby? Look it up, Google it. Not now. You'll find out. <laughs> It's a haircutting mechanism of the dark ages in the 1980s. <laughs> Even we as Christians, when we're not really in tune with the Lord, can say, you know what, there's got to be something new in life. Let's just, let's just try something new. So much of the same in different forms. So let's try something new. A pastor friend of mine was doing some marriage counseling and uh, he was counseling the monotony of the daily life of this couple. And he told the couple, well, why don't you guys just try some new things? And the guy facetiously came back and he says, can that be a new wife? <laughs> no, 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 it's not what I meant by new. <laughs> right? Some new things within the same things. Or do something new for you that's the same for somebody else. The whole point here, life apart from God is just pointless repetition. And what makes it even worse when you're walking life apart from God and you look at creation, it becomes even more pointless because why does the Chagrin River get to keep flowing into Lake Erie and my life gets to end? Why are there no graveyards for oceans and rivers and the sun? Why are there no eulogies spoken for the wind? You say, Pastor Tim, that's insane. That's what a person thinks when they're living life apart from God. That was Solomon's thought life when he's walking apart from God. But now that he's repented and he's right with God, he's thinking these, these things are going to rob your joy if you think this way. <laughs> Creation is something not to be looked at and to be considered as we even sung this morning wisely as pastor mike picked those hymns there's 
There's something much more to be learned from looking at creation, and that's we have a glorious creator, right? And we have a recreator, Jesus Christ, who is the head and the cornerstone of the church. And he is to be worshipped and valued and lived. We have a creator who gave us his word. And every time we stand at the the, the precipice of the Grand Canyon, or you 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 scale on a cograil train to the to the pinnacle of Mount Pilatus and you look over Lucerne, Switzerland. Or whether you have the opportunity to take a transatlantic flight and look at the glorious blue water and the bright bright icebergs emerging out of the water. What are we to do with that? Looking at those beautiful landscapes causes us to worship with gladness. A faithful creator who's been faithful to us. In his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who gives us the opportunity to not just notice their patterns, but allow their patterns to teach us and to remind us that this God is faithful. He's consistent. He's unchanging. And when he says, I've loved you with an everlasting love, we're thankful that he's unchanging. I would encourage you to read Psalm 19, verses 1 to 6, if you're a new believer. And also, if you're unfamiliar with Psalm 104, verses 10 to 14, and Psalm 104, verses 22 to 24, and, and consider the songwriter's heart for God as he views and analyzes creation. Life for the believer, walking with God, fearing God and keeping his commandments, will never be senseless or meaningless repetition. Verse number eight. Do we have a tendency when we're not walking with God to to give the wrong value to human experiences? Solomon says, all things are wearisome. Man is not able to tell it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor is the ear filled with hearing. Mere human wisdom apart from God would say it's hard to come by joy if you always live life trying to be or to do, or to experience something unique or special. He says here, man is not able to tell it. Man can't say enough. The eye is not satisfied with seeing. Man can't ever see enough. Nor is the ear filled with hearing. Man can never hear enough. Certainly God's Edenic mandate was for Adam and Eve to have dominion over the earth. And before sin came into the world, I'm sure both Adam and Eve fully understood what that mandate meant and what it required. They could do this in full fellowship with God, but after sin came into the world, man had a new desire to go life alone, trying to be uniquely special only without God. They were going to do this mandate without God. And Solomon's saying, if you try to do this mandate, he says, I've been there, done that, and got the t-shirt, right? If you try to do this mandate without God, you're going to find yourself in your life without joy. As we've already understood, life without God becomes quite wearisome. 
if we attempt to say, see, hear, or learn all that we can. What at times we fail to understand is that we can never say, never see, or hear enough. No one man has been able to say enough words to find full meaning in the midst of the monotony of life. Our eyes will never be able to see it all. You say, here's my Grand Canyon pictures. You post them, you text them, right? You flip them up on Apple TV in your house for all your relatives and friends to see. And they'll say, that's great. Have you ever been to, right, this place? No. Well, I have. Can I show you those pictures? Someone else in the room might say, you know what? I have looked from the pinnacle of Mount Pilatus on the beautiful Lake Lucerne. But have you been to this place? No. Man can never see enough. You guys that deal with pornography know that as well, right? Eyes are never satisfied. Whether it be a beautiful landscape, whether you have a love for art, whether you have um, a passion (laughs) to to travel, you're never going to satisfy your mind's eye or your physical eye. You can never find full happiness in just saying or seeing or hearing. If, if I just get out of high school and, and, and get to college, and then if I get to college and get that degree, if I just got my master's, I could go. If I just got a terminal degree, I could if, 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 and then when I get in that job, I've got to keep up my licensing and I've got to learn this. Man cannot learn enough. They cannot hear enough. Man, I really love that podcast. I found another podcast that's even better than this podcast. Spend a month on that. Oh man, someone else let me know of this, right? And I got, oh my goodness, I've got 108 TED Talks in my phone I've got to listen to, right? Man can never hear enough. It's ceaseless hearing, isn't it? Unending hearing. There's always going to be the temptation to say one more word of gossip. There's always going to be one more one-hit wonder song to hear. There's always going to be another joke to listen to or a flirtatious word to enjoy. There's always going to be that. Nothing we can say or hear can bring meaning to the redundancy we see. Our lives come and go, and the earth remains constant. Our desires have no end. We struggle with contentment. We see, and we seem to always want more. We think if we get that one house on the corner, or that one apartment with a view, if we could just get that Apple Watch... We keep waiting, one author said, for circumstances that will make us happy. And we find opportunities, sites, trips, things, knowledge, and all that we hear can't bring ultimate fulfillment and joy. Solomon says, I had it all. I am planning on getting more. Right? But I don't find any fulfillment there. 
when I was coming out of high school, there was a, a t-shirt that Nike put out. And it says, he that, right, has the most toys, what? Still dies. Right? Life's short, so go in. Get all the toys you want, you're still going to die, so enjoy them while you got them. And life apart with God, apart from God, is, is really that kind of a mindset. That's where Solomon was apart from God. I'm going to go get and get and get and get and enjoy, see, say, learn, hear. And apart from God, it's, 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 wow. It'll rob your joy. It'll rob your joy. You may be a teen who just can't wait to get your license so you can go out on your own and get away from the house and those parents that eh, the older you get seem more wearisome. You want to drive your friends around town and that leads, wow, I can take my car to college so I can learn and be with my friends more so I can get that dream job so then life's going to be good and and then you realize you don't want to go this journey alone, so you want to fall in love with somebody. And so you do, and then, wow, you really love them a lot, so you want to get married, right? And after you get married, wow, life's really good with you, sweetheart, but it'd be really good to have some juniors around the house, right? So God may bless you with some juniors around the house. And then you realize, wow, I've got this job because I've got this degree because I had this car that took me to the school to get that degree. I've got my friends, my marriage, my kids. And wow, marriage takes effort. So I got to go learn. I got to go on a marriage retreat, right, to make this thing work. Kids are a breeze, right? So no, no help needed there. <laughs> wow. The bills are getting bigger the older the kids get, so I've got to work longer. Wow. I had to work and take kids and maintenance and marriage and a home. I need a nanny. <laughs> so I'm going to go get more work so I can get more money to, to pay my nanny. And Well, now the kids are getting older. You're almost an empty nester, and oh my, I'm going to retire in 15 years, and I haven't reached, remember last week, I haven't reached my number. I got a decade and a half to stockpile so I can get to my number, so I can go see more, go hear more, and go learn more, only according to me setting the schedule, right? The cycle never ends. What author said, you keep thinking, if I can just get there, Everything will be different. But you get there and what? A cycle begins again. Different terms, different ways. Same thing. Same thing. The monotony to find joy and fulfillment ends when we know God's wisdom. One author said, as you trust God, you realize you are not the object of man's attention. 
As you trust God, you realize that you are the object of God's special affection and attention in Jesus Christ. Regardless whether you feel your experiences are unique or not. Where does a believer begin to fear God and keep his commandments? To fear God is to know God. To know God is to know the special offer of his son. To know the special offer of his son, that unique offer that can only give eternal life, is to understand that you are significant to God because of his son. That you are God's special person of his affection, not because of you and your unique experiences, but because of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And Solomon's realizing this post-repentance at the latter part of his reign, his 40-year reign in Israel, and he's saying, you know what? I missed out for years realizing what I realized clear back in the day in 1 Kings 3 when, when God granted me wisdom to know him well. I got distracted. I got distracted by what I could see and what I could say and what I could learn and hear and it got monotonous and I lost my joy and I find my way to finding satisfaction in what I could see or who I could see or what I could hear or what I could say. And he said I was, came up empty. But, but God, right? But God. From a New Testament perspective, we know Paul's words in 1 Timothy 6 where he says godliness with contentment is what? Great gain. We think of Philippians chapter 4, the same author to a different church. Paul says, I know how to live with everything. I've been able to see what I've wanted to see, say what I've wanted to say, hear what I've wanted to hear, and I've been able to live with everything and nothing at the same time. And he says, I know my God's going to provide all my needs, and I've learned whether I have a lot or whether I have nothing, I'm just going to be content. Because my God, my God supplies my God supplies. Well, Solomon had experienced the uniqueness of life, and his conclusion is the same. Chapter 12 and verse 13. Fear God and keep his commandments. Verses 9 to 11. Is life really just a senseless rerun, or a remake, or a redo? We've already read those verses. Verse 9, that which has been will be Right? Que sarah, sarah, right? That's what has been done, will be done. So there's nothing new under the sun. How many of us have used that phrase in our lifetime? Is there anything which one might say that's new? It's not already existed? Is there no remembrance of earlier things or people? Right? How does man, apart from God, avoid joy? I think about the space shuttle program that's ended and now Elon Musk and NASA figure out new ways to go where? They want to go to space travel and they want to get to the moon, right? When they get to the moon, what do they do? They see a flag of someone that's what? They've already been there. So we turn around, I guess we look back at Earth. It's beautiful. And then they're not satisfied with that, so where do they want to go next? Let's go to Mars. And then they get to Mars and they land thinking they're the first people there and all of a sudden 
Satellites never picked up that China and Russia already had communities built on Mars and there's already a McDonald's there. Right? Can't have a community without McDonald's. Right? Seriously. So we get to Mars and we look where next? You see, it's just, is it? Is it just remaking the shuttle? Is it just, not just taking four astronauts into space, but maybe a small craft that could take maybe 10 to 15 more people, same goal. When I was a kid, my dad always wanted to make an invention that was, new, that was unique. He would talk about a lot of things, and we would always sit in the back of the car in trips, and we would say, Dad, I've already seen that. Where? Yeah. Dad, I've seen that. Where? Dad, trust me. You know, you're not really thinking about anything new. And he goes, okay, I got this one. He said, you know those coolers we take on picnics all the time when we go to the beach? You know those old, um, I don't know, what do you call Igloo coolers, right? How about if I invent one that's got wheels? Right? So we go on our next trip, right? We're going to a park, and he sees a cooler with what? With wheels. I've never seen my dad more depressed than on that day. <laughs> he would live on these dreams, right? And he goes, okay, I'll bet you there's not one out there with a refrigeration, a way to keep food cold in it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to invent that. And the next trip you take, what do you find? A cooler with wheels that's got a refrigeration system in it. There, there did come a point where my dad just stopped thinking about what he could do. And there were many, right? But... What exists that's not already been made? Someone wants to do something the same way, only better. Isn't that what we're doing with technology? I read a recent article about Hollywood. It's run out of things to make movies about, so they're into remakes now, right? Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Star Trek Next Generation. Disney's doing the same thing this year in 2019, right? Dumbo. Aladdin. Lion King, Frozen 2, right? Toy Story 4, you know. I know, it will be 6. You'll see. <laughs> How to Train Your Dragon, Hidden World, Secret Life of Pets Part 2. I had no desire to see one, right? <laughs> Who cares about the secret life of pets, right? I have a hard time getting my way to feed and water my own, right? The Adams Family, great. How can you outdo the first one? I mean, that was great. There are more than just animated films in the works, right? With talks for remaking beloved classics like The Labyrinth and revisiting the likes of Mortal Kombat and, and Big Trouble and Little China. And, and oh my goodness, there's going to be a Pokemon remake this year. So Christians, buckle up, right? You're going to have a whole new list of creatures to somehow spiritualize and criticize and demonize, right? So hang on. The, po the Pokemon remake's coming. Pet Cemetery, Scarface, Highlander, Men in Black, and on and on and on. In 2019 alone, there's plans for over 20 new remakes. This is just what life is, right? What's man apart from God? They're always trying to do what's next and what's better only to realize they're doing what? More of the same. But this is what God's asked them to do. Go out 
have dominion over that which I've created. So they're trying, but to do that without God is just really, wow, it's empty. So what? So I could be an A-list actor. I can have a house in Hollywood. I could be Brad Pitt, who grew up in a Christian home and he knew the gospel, right? I could be Katy Perry, who grew up in a Christian home and knows the gospel. I could be an A-list actor. I could be an A-list singer, right? I could have a house in Hollywood, a house in Malibu, a house in Fort Lauderdale, a $40 million lot and, 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 and yacht, a $40 million yacht in Yacht Row in Fort Lauderdale. I can sail it to South Africa once a year to go to my home in South Africa, right? I could have all the latest gadgets, right? I can own stock in diamond mines in South Africa. I can come back home to Fort Lauderdale, fly out to LA, go to In-N-Out Burger, go to the beach, go wherever I want, go memorize some lines, and I can keep, 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 keep. And if you sat down with either Brad Pitt or Katie, they would have an issue. Have you really been able to find joy in all of this repetition and all these remakes and all these opportunities? And they would say yes. I have found happiness in these people and these opportunities to be philanthropic. I have been happy with these things. I'm happy with my kids. Yes, I have found joy. And then you can ask him another question. Of all those things in which you found joy, how many of them are eternal in nature? And then they're on their own to come up with their own philosophy, right? Is life just a senseless remake that I get to remain depressed or I get to go grab and make more off of more things? And like Kidner says in his commentary in Ecclesiastes, you come to realize the more things change, the more they stay the same. And the vast majority of things and people on earth, verse 11 are not going to be remembered. How many individuals make history books compared to your everyday citizens? How many of you remember all that you've even read in history books? How many of you can remember offhand your great-great-grandparents? You work for 35 years, your company throws a retirement party, you get the hugs on the way out the door, you get the pension, and then what happens the next day after you leave? It's the next man up to go do the whole thing all over again. You're one generation away from being forgotten at work. Wow, a Final Four team this week makes the Final Four for the first time in their school's history. Ten years from now, is anyone going to remember Auburn did that? Majority won't. Some of you that have too much time in your hands will. You go to a funeral, and how many times have we heard this? Wow, so-and-so, boy, they really made the world a better place. Did they? You drive past the Menor Cemetery, thousands of graves. How many people do you know in there? Drive past any cemetery. And Solomon's saying, yeah, that's kind of depressing. 
If you're going to live life that way without God, right, and an eternal purpose for your life, well, certainly it's just going to get deeper and deeper and deeper in the depression and the discouragement that life has to offer. One author recounted having seen the musical Les Mis. And you're familiar. Some of you have seen that movie and maybe even seen the musical. Will you be remembered when you die? We're all here for a few decades and most of us are going to be forgotten. Technology has given us a chance to remember for a little time longer, but we still forget and we're forgotten. We forget unless we remember and we, all we do sometimes is forget to remember. One author said, we step onto the treadmill of life and we try to outrun death with all of our activity, but to no avail. The grim reaper is faster than all of us. All of our new innovations have only allowed us to postpone death for a little while longer. You see how this thinking can rob joy? But you go to the end of the book, post Solomon's repentance, and what does he say? No, fear God. Know God. And keep his commandments, and you'll know joy. You'll know joy. You'll be able to hear with joy. You'll be able to see more with joy. You'll be able to speak more that offers joy to others. You'll be able to do that which three out of the four sections conclude, which we saw in a couple weeks of our introduction to this book. Get up, go eat, go drink, and be merry, right? Go grab life. Go grab life and, and do it hard, do it well, but do it according to the word of God Amen. as you know God, and then you'll know joy. I was rehearsing this this morning and it just came to my mind. It's not in my notes, but I'll read it and we'll go to the baptisms, right? So one of my sons, I was just thinking about them as I was having my devotions this morning. And so I texted him Proverbs 4, 20 to 23. It says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their body. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. Amen. Right? I said, read this passage a couple times. Always know that God wants you to go get everything that he's made you to get as long as you never forget him. So go into this week with that balance. Fear God. Go get everything in life that God wants you to get, but enjoy the balance. Don't let anyone take that opportunity away from you. Fear God. Go get it. And no joy. Don't let anyone take it away from you. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, you've given creation for us to enjoy. It is a great gift. It's not just meaningless, senseless repetition. You've given us wonderful opportunities in life to embrace, to pursue, and we should, as long as we don't forget you and our eternal why for our existence. Lord, we're in a world that's rapidly advancing technologically, 
socially, in their own way, politically, in their own way. It's all doubling and tripling and quadrupling. We go from 3G to 4G to 5G, now 6G, and my goodness, we can never keep up. But while we're out there enjoying all of these things, according to your word, help us not to forget that there's souls all around us that are enjoying these things too, yet without joy, because they don't have Jesus. Help us, Lord, to be light in this old dark world, to know what it means to fear you and to keep your commandments. In Jesus' name, amen.